Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi over in Kimberly. Coach, how's the foot doing? Foot's doing really good. Hopefully tomorrow I can walk in the boot. So pretty excited about that. Fantastic. Well, we're very excited. We got a current Wisconsin Badger. Um, just got announced that they'll be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl um, against Arizona State. We have safety Colin Wilder on from the Wisconsin Badgers. Colin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? I really appreciate y'all having me on. We're really excited to have you on, Colin. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners understand that Colin's the founder of the Grit Factory and whatnot. We'll get to that later in the podcast, but we want to kind of go a little into Colin's background and whatnot. So, Colin, tell us, tell our listeners about yourself, um, who you are, where you've been, all that good stuff, free, freelance as you go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I play safety here for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I, I've been here since 2018. Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, uh, played football for Katy High School um, in Katy, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Um, but I, I'm a transfer as well from the University of Houston. Uh, got there in 2016, transferred in 2018. Um, so been here ever since and got to say it's been the best decision of my life. Hey, Colin, you played at, uh, you mentioned Katie in Texas, and us Wisconsinites, we think of Texas high school football, and it, it's huge. We see Twitter, you see things on social media, and there's 10,000 people in a stands at a high school game, and the stadiums are like college stadiums, and you've been in a, through Katie, Texas, and it's such a great program. Can you explain what that's like to play for a high school in Texas and what that's all about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, there's, there's so much pride, um, you know, for Texas high school football. Um, I mean, especially I, I was so fortunate to grow up around um, Katie football, which is, I mean, such a powerhouse in Texas. And, um, you know, I grew up around them winning state championships and, um, and, and just creating a winning tradition. Uh, so, you know, growing up as a kid, I mean, obviously I love playing football, but being in that atmosphere of just, the, the crowds were always sold out on our side of the field. And, um, you know, wearing that Katie red was just, was just such a big deal. And so growing up, like I couldn't wait to have, you know, that tiger head on the side of my helmet and, and to be a part of that tradition. And, um, even in junior high, um, you know, once I got into junior high, it was Katie junior high. Um, but I mean, we were, were we were stretching, we were running the same plays. We are doing everything to, emulate Katy high school um you know so i was so it's kind of like you're kind of being molded in the tradition as you as you get older um to eventually once you get to Katy high school um i mean you're ready to go you're ready to fit right into the culture of the program so um i mean we, we were able to go to um, state championships all four years that i that i played um i was fortunate to play varsity my freshman year and um be a part of a state championship team then um but gosh, I mean, it, it was just fantastic memories and, um, you know, just something that like I will never forget. I mean, I, I have so much pride of being from Katy, Texas. So how big is Katy, Texas high school around enrollment wise? Uh, I think it's around like 3,000, 3,000 in total. So I think I think there was somewhere around a little over, might have been like 800, somewhere around 800 in my class. Um, but it's getting bigger. I mean, there's nine, there's nine high schools in Katy now. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so I'm, my high school is like the original Katie high school, but 
they, it keeps it expanding. Um, I think back in like 2012, it was like the quickest expanding um, suburb in the, in the country. So uh, yeah, it's, there's nine high schools there now, but I mean, there's still just one Katie. <laughs> is that, is that one of the biggest high schools in the state of Texas or not even close? Uh, so we're, so I know it's different in Wisconsin with how you do, like you have conferences and you have divisions. Yeah. Um, so we call them districts, but so we have in cl classes. So we have class six A is like the biggest schools. And then you go divisions within those classes. So there's division one, division two within classes. So the highest is six oh, wow. A, which is the biggest schools, five A, four A, three A. I think it just goes down to two A. So two A is the smallest schools. And then you have this, the, the big, the bigger schools of division one and the bigger schools of division two within those classes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Katie's Katie ranges, Katie's always in six A. So we're always in the biggest part of the, of, of the state of schools, but we'll range each year between division one, division two. It, it all depends on who makes it to the playoff. Okay. Huh. Um, so then when you went to Houston, Colin, um, you had an unfortunate uh, situation that happened with a teammate, I believe a close, or a close friend of yours that, that passed away. Um, how has that impacted you both, both, you know, as a person and also, you know, how has it motivated you at all uh, as an athlete? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was such a, I mean, I, I just pray that nobody has to go through that, um, you know, with, with losing a teammate. Cause you, I mean, you know, being in the locker room, um, you get so close with those guys, you create such a tight bond. I mean, you see those guys every day and uh, Kadarian Smith um, was in my signing class at Houston. And uh, so we, we lived in the same, same apartment complex. Um, I gave him car rides everywhere. I saw him every day and he was in my same position group. So I sat next to him and in, uh, in team meetings and in position meetings, we were assigned next to each other. So, um, you know, I saw, I saw him every single day and, you know, eventually you get to know that person you get so close to each other just by just being around him every day. And, um, and yeah, I wasn't at Houston when I, when I lost him, but, um, you know, getting that text and getting, you know, getting uh, some, so many messages about the news that day, it just, it, it just blew me away. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Um, you know, especially being, um, you know, being so far away, you know, from so, so many teammates who were affected. Um, Cause I mean, he wasn't, it's not like we talked every single day at the time. Um, we were still awfully close, but um, there were some guys who saw him literally the weekend before. And he was at, he was at the, the Houston game the weekend before. So, so many guys saw him. And so it, it was just a really tough deal, but I mean, going, you know, going through that for me personally, um, it really just made me realize just how precious life is. Um, it may sound cliche, but I mean, I, I, I walked into the locker room um, that, you know, that next day with just a different perspective of looking at my teammates, um, knowing that like, life isn't guaranteed. I could lose any one of these guys at any moment um, because I just lost one who I would have never expected to lose. Um, so, you know, having that perspective and having that, having that kind of turn in my mind when I, when I look into that locker room every day, it makes me just cherish every single moment that I have um, with these guys, you know, especially, you know, even guys that I don't, I may not talk to every day, guys who I may not be as close with on the team. I try to make sure I have one-on-one -on -one interactions with them, whether it's just saying hello when they walk by, um, 
just checking to see how they're doing um, on the field, in the playbook, off the field, whatever it is. Um, you know, I try to I try to create those one on one bonds because I know I know that just life isn't guaranteed. And I want to make sure that I maximize my relationships with these guys while I had it. And it's I think for our listeners that that haven't, you know, experienced and most of our listeners probably have because they're either coaches or athletes. I mean, just just quick synopsis on what it's like to be in a locker room, like because it is it's a brotherhood or a sisterhood. If you're a female, I mean, these are people that you're with more than you're with your family, even when you're in high school, a lot of times. Right. I mean, it's just you you learn so much about people. I mean, can you just give our listeners just maybe a quick, you know, what it's like to, to be a part of something like that? And at Wisconsin, it's it's. I think it's even more special and I, I speak biasly because I was in those situations, but I think being a part of that Wisconsin football family is special because once you're in that locker room, no matter if you were in there in 1994 for the Rose Bowl, 2000, 2010, you know, 2020, this year, you're part of that family, right? Right. Yeah. And that's something that I got to, I got to know um, very well being in this program, but I mean, like you said, just being in a locker room, um, I mean, yeah, you do see them more than your family sometimes, especially when you're spending early mornings and late nights. And um, especially when you get into a college locker room, I mean, we don't, we don't go home for Thanksgiving. We don't go home for Christmas. I mean, I think we fly out to Las Vegas on Christmas Eve. I mean, so we spend the, in the times where most people are on break and are back home with their families. We're here, we're here, you know, practicing making sure that we're getting better every day still so that really to me you, you can look at it at one one of two ways you can complain and you can just be down the dumps about not being with your family or you can embrace the guys that you're around every day and when you embrace the guys that you're around every day you really create a special bond um you know regardless of you know when you're in the building on what holiday that you're in um so again yeah being in the locker room it's so special because these relationships that you have, I mean, it's going to last a lifetime. You know, Colin, I saw that something coach Leonard said about you and it's just, you're, you're all about the team and you're just that perfect teammate and you're always there and you really want to get to know, you know, why your teammates are there and why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that's so important nowadays because, you know, look at your group of guys that you've gone through a pandemic you know, there's all different types of situations. Social media is out there. You're always getting critiqued. You know, the team gets a loss, you know, and, and everybody's an armchair quarterback out there. And I think it's even more important to, for our viewers, for our listeners to understand that, you know, you spend so much time together and it's not as glorious as everybody thinks when you're a scholarship athlete. You know, the time that you put into what you do, you know, as far as the training and, you know, and the academics and everything else that you have to do is is just unbelievable and I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind when kids come back that go to a division one program especially the caliber of a big 10 program like Wisconsin is you know you're going to put a ton of time in and you, what is your why because there's going to be lots of obstacles and it's important that brotherhood be able to help people really get through all those ups and downs of being a collegiate athlete especially during, you know, those years of 18 through, you know, 24, whatever, and in certain situations like that. So you were at Houston, you transferred, you went to Wisconsin as a walk-on, and then you got that opportunity where you experienced that scholarship. 
And on social media, you see from all different types of programs, you know, they'll do all different types of special things. What was your experience when you were announced that you got your scholarship? What was that like? Yeah, yeah. So obviously Wisconsin football is is very well known for walk-ons um, receiving scholarships or walk-ons having success here. And um, I, I, ne- I hadn't seen since I'd been there before I got my scholarship, I hadn't seen anybody be announced for a scholarship yet. So I just figured that that's just how, you know, nobody had just been announced yet. Um, but we were actually, we were in the middle of winter conditioning um, in February of 2019, 2019. Um, and we, we just finished a workout, a team workout and coach Chris just pulled me aside and he just said, Hey, uh, just, just want you to go upstairs and, and sign your scholarship papers. That's all he said. And <laughs> yeah, he, he kept it pretty low key. It was just very, me very him. coach Chris esque. Very, yeah. Very <laughs> coach Chris esque. You know, it's not like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just go up and sign your papers. Um, he's like, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going to put you on scholarship. And I mean, I had the biggest grin on my face and I, I was like, wow, coach, thank you. Like I was, I think I was making a bigger, a bigger deal than he was. Um, cause I, I was just like, coach, thank you so much. He's like, Hey, yeah, just, just go up and sign it. <laughs> so, uh, but it, I mean, it was an incredible feeling of, um, I mean, gosh, like these coaches believe in me. Um, you know, it obviously like I was, I was so grateful to have a scholarship. I, I didn't care about the status though. I, I cared more about my parents didn't have to pay for school. You know, that, that was because they were paying for school up, up to that point for me, just waiting for me to get that scholarship because they believed in me as well. And I wouldn't have been up here without them. Um, so I was just excited to tell my parents that, Hey, y'all don't have to pay for school anymore. Um, and you know, these coaches see something in me that, that they like, obviously, you know, to, to invest a scholarship in me. So, um, gosh, it, it was an incredible feeling calling my parents. Um, that, that, that was the best feeling in the world. Um, just knowing, being on one side of having a scholarship in Houston and having the perspective of not having one um, was, was very eye-opening for me. And it made me really appreciate, um, you know, having school paid for. So I think, you know, what's interesting, Colin, is you play for, you know, not, I mean, obviously you play for Wisconsin, Coach Chris, but your side of the ball, um, you play for probably the, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but probably the most recognized uh, walk-on in the history of Wisconsin football. And there's been some really good ones in coach Leonard. And just, I'll share a real quick story. So when, when Jimmy was playing at Wisconsin, his first game, he started at safety. I believe he had three interceptions against Fresno state. It was two or three. And everyone's like this five, eight kid back there, this, that. So on Sundays, we would always have a team meeting. So Coach Alvarez, we would have, you know, Mondays was our day off with Coach Alvarez. And, and Sundays, we would have the team meeting and they'd give away the player of the game. And, and uh, you know, we gave the offensive player of the game, I believe it was Anthony Davis, ran for like 200 yards. And then, you know, they gave the defensive player, the player of the week to Jim Leonard. And his comment at the end, he goes, you keep doing that, son, and you're going to earn that scholarship. And everybody kind of laughed, but they kind of knew that, you know, that we, we got to get this guy fast-tracked on, on board. And so, you know, playing with Jim and, and we, you know, we've heard that you guys got a pretty good bond. What's it like, 
playing with him. He's a younger coach, but I mean, he's been, you know, with around Ray Lewis, he's been around some of the greatest defensive minds in the game and his, the way he goes about things is very unique. And, and I know Jimmy very personally and have the utmost respect for him, but tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like to go through meetings with him, play for him. And then kind of about like, what's your relationship with him? Because, you know, being a walk on former walk on yourself, I'm, I'm sure he gravitates to you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coach Leonard, and I, I mean this with all my heart that he is the best in the business. Um, coming up here, I obviously like seeing his hearing about his story and his playing career attracted me to, to come here and um, knowing that like he's, he's been in my shoes in a lot of ways. Um, but gosh, I, I came up here really struggling to, to find love for the game again. And when I got up here and I started to be coached by him, by his coaching style, by the way that he chose to uh, choose to develop his players. Um, and just by the way he go that he carries himself every day, he allowed me to fall back in love with the game. You know, I, I, I have, I give him credit for that, um, you know, for helping me fall back in love with the game and, and just having that fire to, to, just to be back on that field and have that hunger in me again. And, um, but gosh, I mean, people think, you know, with, with very successful coaches, people assume that they're just the most, you know, you know, their fists are balled all the time and they're very intense. I mean, coach Leonard is, I wouldn't say that he's the exact opposite of that, but he is just this, you know, with his emotions all the time. And, I think that's part of what makes him so good is because he, he never gets rattled. He never gets um, too high, too low. Uh, he's always, you know, very, uh, very neutral with his emotions when he's coaching you, um, when, when we're watching film and especially when he's out on the field calling a game. I mean, we, I mean, we, we didn't play perfect, you know, every single game, we always had, screw, you know, some, some screwed up, you know, possibly in the back end and, you know, he would come over and if we had a bus, he would just he'd just talk to us like this, just how we're having a conversation right now. And I feel like that's very rare, um, especially for, for uh, uh, such a successful coach like he is. But um, but I mean, he is uh, he is just truly the best in the business. And I, I love going into going into his office every day, um, watching film with him. I mean, he, he has an open door policy, so we just anybody can go up there and watch watch film with them and he loves ball. Like he just, he loves to coach guys up and loves to tell, tell guys about the game. And um, so, you know, me, me and Scott Nelson, every Monday we'll go up there because we have class during meetings. We'll go up there, spend some time with them. And then after, uh, after each practice, we just go up there and watch the film with them. And I mean, it's such a laid back relationship to where, I mean, he can, he can tell me his true thoughts of practice, his true thoughts of my performance, um, his true thoughts of, uh, of just how we can improve. And I think, you know, when when I can take that type of criticism as well, I think with that coach and player relationship, that's when it gets uh, um, that's when it gets productive. Because you're able to take the coaching and oh, go go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was, no, I just I just just saying you're able to take the coaching and he's able to, to be brutally honest. And, and when when you when you can be honest with yourself and again, I, I got this from him when you can be honest with yourself about, about your strengths and weaknesses, um, that's when you can improve the most. When I think 
you know, his calmness shows his confidence. Yes. And you guys, and, and I've seen this and I've been on many sidelines and seen many coaches and a lot of times, sometimes confidence can, can be mistaken with, with trying to yell all the time. Now, now let's be realistic. If the effort's not there, there's going to be times where, you know, you're going to get an earful, but when you're in the heat of the game and you're playing for a championship or you're playing for a conference, you know, the, and you make a mistake, you're already beating yourself up. Like as a competitive athlete, you know, you made a mistake. And so to go over to the sidelines and know you have a guy that's going to be like, Hey, this is what you need to do. But in a manner that's going to be like, Hey, you need to park it. You know, like they say in Kimberly, you need, or you need to park it, get rid of it. Cause we get, we're going to need you for the next three quarters for you guys. That's gotta be something great. You know, that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, it's going to get addressed, but at the same time there's 60 minutes and we've got a, we've got a game to win. And so having a guy that can be so, and you watch him on the sidelines for all of our listeners, I'm sure watch. I mean, he's the first quarter, fourth quarter, up 20, down 10. He's got the same mannerisms. And so as a player, I think our coaches need to hear this, that if you have confidence in yourself and your plan and your scheme, and no matter what you're doing, you're going to exude that to your players, right, Colin? Yeah, absolutely. His his attitude reflects how how our attitude will be, and that's just how that's just how influential he is. I mean, I remember um, it was Northwestern last year, and one of our corners got a pick. It was a great play. He he, I mean, flipped flipped and found the ball. I mean, tracked it down, um, and they called pass interference on just a textbook um, coverage play. And he, he, he goes on the side, like, and again, he's very, he's very mellow and very, you know, brings out that confidence of just, um, you know, staying neutral. That time he, he grabbed his, his headset, threw it down, was cursing at the refs. I mean, going absolutely crazy. And then we line up the ball and next thing you know, he's yelling to defense to, you know, like, like, let's let it's time. Let's go. Yeah. Like you could tell like his competitive fire just skyrocketed. And you just saw the whole sideline just get absolutely fired up because you saw Coach Leonard. So Coach Leonard's attitude and his um, his actions has so much influence on the on the entire team. And uh, you know, and again, that just shows just just how much um, he means to this program, how much um, how much our success really reflects off of him. Um, but I remember I, I remember that so clearly seeing him. Um, get so fired up and it just spread across the entire sideline. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he is truly just, uh, just one of a kind coach. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have even had so much time with him. Um, I mean, that's a big part. I remember just being in practice through this whole season, just, just being, trying to be in the moment of, of, you know, indie drills with them. And I'm just, just looking at him like, I'm so grateful to be coached by this guy right now. Cause this is not everybody gets this in the country. Hey, talk about firing team up. You're, you're big time known as a spark plug on that defense and on the whole entire team and an important leader on the team. Coach Leonard made the statement. He said, you're so consistent in your approach that immediately your teammates respect that. So does that naturally come to you or was that learned? And your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I kind of, as in high school, I was never really that guy to like be like the, 
the vocal guy. I mean, I talked, but I wasn't like trying to fire anybody up. But when I when I wanted to talk, it meant something. And then I got here and, um, you know, I, I knew that I could be a leader for this team at some point, but I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to reach these guys. And, um, you know, especially for me coming in, like I, your actions have to prove right first before you can say anything. Your actions have to be louder than your words. Um, so, you know, I, I had my head down and I was just trying to trying to earn trust, obviously, first. But, um, you know, I, I didn't come in here immediately just motivating guys. Um, you know, that, that just that's just not the way it goes. You have to see who's the leaders at the time and you have to earn your right to be a leader, you know, in this program. And um, but I, I just I remember it really started to happen, though, during um, during winter workouts. And we were doing this really difficult workout that we do uh, that we do during uh, in the weight room. And a lot of guys can get kind of intimidated by it, um, but you just got to go in and, and attack it. And I remember when I, you know, when I got in there, I just started screaming and yelling, not like in a bad way. I was screaming and yelling like encouragement. And, and a lot of guys just kind of laughed and they thought it was pretty fun, you know, pretty fun to kind of have that in the atmosphere of the workout. And so I just kept doing it each day. And then it kind of stacked up to me doing it in each workout, not just in that one weight room workout, but in each workout. Then it started to started to become something that I just when I walk in the building, this is me. This is this is my role on this team. And, uh, and then, you know, I feel like for me, or is just as any player, when you come into a building and you have your role, you have to be the same guy every day. You have to be consistent. And, you know, if that, if that, if my role was to get this team fired up and to, you know, be, be the, the loud voice, then I had to be that every day. And that's kind of how I started to earn a leadership role. That's kind of how I started to earn a voice and going into this year, um, you know, you also have to produce on the field. And the more I was able to produce on the field, the more my voice mattered. And so going into this off season, it was, um, I, I knew that I, I could, I could say a lot more and my voice meant more. And it kind of just ended up being, you know, the perfect situation to be in um, for me personally um, as a leader on this team. So again, I'm so grateful to be part of, a, to, to be a leader on this, on this team for this program. I mean, that's, it's, it's it's truly humbling, um, but uh, that's just kind of how how it how it happened. It just kind of happened naturally. But um, you know, I, if whatever I, whatever part of a leadership role that I have to be in, whether it's keep my head down and working or it's being the loud voice, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll whatever the team needs. You know, Colin. Yeah, as I watch you guys play and I watch you play, you're you're kind of an old school kind of mold. You know what I mean? You. Love to come downhill and and hit guys. You know, I'm, I'm sure receivers don't like coming across the middle with you over there. Um, the word that comes to mind when I think about that is grit. And uh, we've been we've been waiting for a while to bring this up. You know, we wanted to save it to the end. Um, but you are the you and a couple uh, one of your teammates or one of your buddies is the founder of the Grit Factory that all of our fans are well aware of and the hat and everything like that. So we want, we want to hear the story behind that because it's, it's kind of become a, 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 I don't know if it's a cult following around these parts nowadays or what. <laughs> I, I know you're wearing the sweatshirt and after we get off. Yeah, the air, on right now. yeah, we're going to put that in the show notes, how everybody can get all the, the grit factory gear and, and get in contact. But t- 
tell us the story about the grit factory because it, it really has become something that's really neat and it's really fitting of you um, and a lot of your teammates because you know you guys are definitely gritty when you when you play the game yeah yeah well um you know this this all happened really in august um me and a former teammate, Daniel Wright, who now he's just committed to play baseball at the University of Houston. Um, but we're, we're best friends and we, uh, we like to trade random ideas off each other. And uh, I remember in August, I texted him one night and I was like, how about the grid factory? Just for like a brand name. Like I remember texting him, I don't know what it, what it's going to be for, but I'm going to hold on to this. And like, we could, we could open a gym with the grid. You know, we were just talking just, just kind of just spitballing and so then i ended up just making a twitter account we'll talk to you about um, the gym in a, in a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah so i ended up just making a twitter account just to recognize just gritty moments that, that have happened in history or gritty moments going on right now i mean if you look if you scroll scroll down all the way down on the twitter page in the in the camera the media section um there is a you'll see like uh you'll see like a, a surgeon operated on his own hand. Um, you know, just, just, you know, crazy stuff like that. I'm like that is, I feel like that should, that, that deserves some recognition. So I, you know, I tweet stuff like that and only had like seven followers at the time and seven or eight or something like that. And they were all just my teammates who just wanted to look at that stuff. So, uh, so that's where, where it kind of became, but then um, Halloween came around and me and one of my other teammates looking for Halloween costumes and uh, we we uh, we found these mechanic suits at Ragstock at the mall, and I'm like, let's be grit factory or let's let's be factory workers. We'll be factory workers at the grit factory, and we're like, you know, kind of laughing like, oh yeah, like it'd be fun, be funny, whatever. And we found these trucker hats right next to it. They were seven bucks, and we're like, oh, that'd be fitting. Let's grab the trucker hats. Let's write the grit factory on it. So, <laughs> so we, we we buy we buy the fit, and I, I write the grit factory and Sharpie on it. And I knew a lot of guys kind of heard about the grit factory on my team, just from stuff I tweet out and say, uh, so I wore, I figured I'd, I'd wear it to the facility and wear it, you know, wear it to the hotel. Um, so I, you know, I walked in, walked in the building and, um, a lot of guys got a good kick out of it. And, and a couple guys mentioned like, Hey, we should wear this, this hat on the sideline when we get a turnover. And I'm like, all right, let's, that's a good idea. Let's do it. So we, we didn't tell anybody else about it. It was just me and probably like four other guys. And uh, I remember I gave it to my, to the strength staff um, before the Iowa game. And uh, they snuck it out, snuck it out on the sidelines. And cause I didn't want to tell anybody like, Hey, this is, this is, uh, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, yeah, I didn't want to tell, tell the defense, like, Hey, this is what we're going to do if we get a turnover. Cause like, I didn't want that on our minds. Like I didn't want people focusing on that. I just wanted, I wanted it to happen naturally. And uh, you know, funny thing, we ended up getting like four or five turnovers that game. And I remember the first turnover we got, I remember sprinting over to the sideline trying to find the hat and putting it on Nick Herbig. And once we put it on, once we put it on one head and we just kept getting turnovers and, um, obviously having the defenses, defensive success that game against, you know, number nine Iowa at the time. I mean, it was kind of just a perfect storm of, of just, I guess, marketing the grid factory. And, 
but it all happened naturally. Like it was for fun. It wasn't, it wasn't for any business marketing idea. Like we didn't, I just did it for fun. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember just going into the, into media after that. And I mean, that's all they wanted to talk about was, was the grid factory hat. And that's when it kind of sparked me like, shoot, like we should probably cash in on this or, or do something to sell some merchandise before somebody else does. Yeah. That was the biggest thing is somebody could take this idea and, and roll with it, which would obviously be kind of messed up, but I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the business. So um, yeah, it, it ended up being just way bigger than I ever imagined. Um, and I, I remember, so Daniel Wright, the the other guy that I, I talked to about this, shared this idea with, he had access to the Twitter account. And so during the game, he changed the grit factory to the grit factory hat. And I remember I tagged the grit factory, I think after on a photo, I tweeted about, um, about the Heartland trophy and it went from seven followers to like 300 in that one day. Yeah. And then it ended up growing to like a thousand within a couple of weeks. And now we're at like 1500 or something like that now, which I mean, just way bigger than I ever imagined. It just kind of just blew up. And I mean, it's really cool though. I'm really glad people just jumped on, jumped on the, on the brand because I truly think the grit factory um, represents Wisconsin football so well. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of it. Like I, I just did it for fun. And, but again, like I think, you know, especially with this whole NIL thing going on, a lot of people have different opinions on it. I was happy to at least, you know, represent something more than just me. It's not Colin Wilder, you know, it's it, this, this represents a whole program. And I think, um, you know, that's that's the coolest thing about it is like this brand is not just a one person brand. It's a it's an entire program brand that people can get behind. Yeah, Colin, I look at it and ever since Barry Alvarez came in and turned a Wisconsin program around, you think Wisconsin football, I think a grit right away. So I think the message and, and the grit factory is, is what Wisconsin football is all about. You guys hit it right on the right on the head with that. And two, I just really see, you know, as you're explaining the grit factory, how much fun it is to be with the boys and playing the game of football, that brotherhood and making that experience so much better. You know, you mentioned coach Leonard talked about, you know, brought that fun back into the game of football. And, and that's so important. Even at the high school level, we try to make it as fun as you can, because, you know, if you're not having fun, then it becomes a grind. And yeah. you know, some of the why is if, if you're having fun and I think kids got to understand that there's going to be a grind. Like you said, that one workout, Hey, it's tough and you got to get through that. But then the reward is, you know, all that other stuff that's going to happen with the turnovers and all the good things that are going to occur. Our podcast is called get your edge. And we ask every one of our guests, we started out with our first guest, which was a Wisconsin fullback, Alec Engel that plays for Los, uh, the Raiders where you guys will yeah. be going out for the bowl game. But if you had some get your edge advice for some, any athletes out there right now, specifically high school athletes that are big time listeners to our podcast, what would you tell them? Gosh, I mean, just, just what you mentioned part of it is just, you, you gotta, obviously you gotta, you gotta put the time in, you have to get in, go into the building every day and you have to, be have your mind right to put in put in the time put in the work like there's no there's no secret it's 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 hard work it's uh 
it's putting your nose to the grindstone and just getting after it. But, you know, also, you know, what you mentioned, you got to have fun. You have to enjoy being in the building every day. You have to enjoy the work. You have to enjoy who you're going to be around um, or else, you know, it, it, you're going to get you're going to feel burnt out at some point if you're not if you're not truly enjoying the work that you put in, because it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of freaking work. And if you're not loving what you're doing because you're going to put in all that time, I mean, it's 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 not it's not healthy. Um, so, you know, obviously the first the first thing is putting in the work and putting in the time. But then, you know, have fun doing it. Enjoy it. Enjoy, you know, find the people that you love to work with every day. And I mean, it, it makes the work so much fun. Is the work easy? No, the work is hard. You're, you're tired. Your body hurts. I mean, you got to push through a lot of things, but having fun and, and doing it with people you care about and you love, I mean, it, it's, it truly um, makes the work special and it makes the time, you know, before the success very special and it makes the success that much better. It's amazing how, how much more gratifying wins are, right? When they've been really fought for in the off season or during the week and things like that. I think that's a great message for us to kind of close this bad boy up on Colin. You've been an awesome guest. We really appreciate you having or being on the show. We know that you're really busy as a college student, as well as getting ready for the bowl and things like that. Uh, the Badgers will be out in Las Vegas playing Arizona state. Uh, we're hoping that that grit factory hat pops itself on the sidelines many, many times during that game. Um, for, the, for all of our listeners, just real quick, want to give a big thank you. Um, obviously, Dean and I don't run any ads. We're trying to help our high school coaches, high school athletes, even college coaches and athletes. So please share the show uh, with your friends, teammates, coaches, teachers, all those other things uh, so we can continue to, to spread some of the messages that, that people like Colin are sharing on our show. Very appreciative, Colin. We're really looking forward to, to seeing you finish this bad boy off this season, get a win. Uh, in the desert there, and we will see everybody next time. Chop it! <laughs>